A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. The number one question that I always get, not just here but everywhere, the number one question is, how did you get the name Chocolate Bear? And today I'm going to discuss how I got that name. It's a name that I've had for literally 15 years, and I've tried actually ditching the name. I remember when I got hired here at Gateway Fellowship Church, and Pastor John was like, hey, I know people call you Chocolate Bear, but we have to call you, like, by your real name so that people, like, actually respect you as a pastor, you know, parents and leaders, that they can respect you. And I was like, dope, whatever you think is wise, we'll go by that. But I could not ditch this name. Now, some of you guys, even right now, don't even know my real name. Some of you guys saw the name on the screen and was like, who's that guy? They got that wrong. Or some of y'all, I get it. All right, I'm just going to, elephant in the room. I know some of you guys like, yo, dog, I'm a grown man, and I ain't calling another grown man chocolate bear. Like, just, <laughs> like I know some of you guys, it just feels weird when you ask Siri, hey, Siri, call, um, uh, chocolate bear. Like it just, I get it, it's weird, but hopefully uh, when I explain why I embrace the name, you'll understand and maybe somewhere in there you might call me chocolate bear. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. I remember uh, back in the day when I was in college, 2008, I was studying civil engineering. And uh, the Lord told me that this was not the right direction for my life. He was very specific when he told me. And he told me through my grades. <laughs> like for real. Like just, nah, this not you, dog. Sorry. <laughs> like who knew? Who knew that for me, like living a life of sin and, and going, just revolving my life around partying and neglecting my studies. Who knew? That would get you academically dismissed from a university. I guess I didn't. And so I got kicked out uh, uh, of school and I had to move back home with my parents here in San Antonio. And one thing you need to know about my parents is my parents don't play. Like my mama don't play. Like if you live in her house, you will go to church. I don't care how old you are. She was going to, like, and I wasn't going to church at that time. She was like, um, you live here? You're going to church. And so I went with them to a small church in Bernie, and there were two groups of people at this church. There were people who were above the age of 60, and then there were the teenagers. And I was just this 20-year-old something like, where do I fit in? And so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to hang out with the teenagers. They're kind of uh, close in age, and I'll hang out with them. And so I talked to the youth pastor. I was like, yo, you cool if I just chill with y'all? And he goes, yeah, you want to be a leader? And he goes, next week we're going to summer camp. You want to go to summer camp with us? And I was like, what's summer camp? He goes, we're going to the beach and there's going to be a bunch of games and free food. And I was like, bet, I'm there. Like free vacation at the beach. Guys, I wasn't even saved yet. And he asked me to be a leader. Don't worry, we do our due diligence here, okay. We background check every day. Everybody's like... Was that gateway? Was it? <laughs> just, and so uh, I was like, yeah, I'll go. And uh, I, I went to this summer camp. And one thing about me, I'm just this relational person. I want to make sure everyone feels included. So there was this kid in the corner. And he was sitting by himself, teenager. And I was like, okay, let me, let me go talk with him, make sure he's just connected. And so I went up to him. I was like, yo, what's up, dog? You know? And I went to introduce myself, right? I said, hey, man, my name is, and he goes, No. 
I was like, this one needs to be, yeah, that one. Get, pray for that one right there. Just get them. Yeah, I don't know how this works, but get them, right? And he goes, no, your name will forever be Chocolate Bear. Yo, I can talk a lot. I can get myself out of any situation, and I never really feel awkward until that moment. And I was just like, yo, for real, I just walked away. I didn't even say anything. I was just like, okay, it's one of those Christians, right? Just, I was just like, and so I walked away. Little did I know that it was going to be prophetic, right? <laughs> Here I am still later. Uh, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. I didn't know that this kid was not a fringe student. He was actually a popular kid. And so no joke, by the end of the week on the last night of camp, last night, before service starts, before worship, they have all the hype and the countdown before worship starts. No joke, hundreds of students, he, he told everybody, hundreds of students were chanting, chocolate bear, chocolate bear. And as big as I am, they were crowd surfing me throughout the whole auditorium. And it was in that moment I was like, Jesus, this is when I need your strength for this middle schooler. I just... Hold me, Lord. Hold me. Take the wheel, Father. You know, a good name is to, is to be chosen rather than great riches. Let me tell you why I embrace that name, though. Because that name just kept going. Like, I, we came back from camp. Students were telling their parents. Their parents are calling me Chocolate Bear. Like the parents told our pastor. The pastor from the platform is saying, hey, Chocolate Bear. I'm like, what is happening at this weird church, right? And then I, I like, seriously, I go off to Bible college. And my roommate, they find out that my name is Chocolate Bear. And he, he's introducing everybody in my dorm. Mind you, I went to Bible college in Springfield, Missouri. So when you say your name is Chocolate Bear in Springfield, Missouri, it's a little bit of a culture shock. Just a little bit, right? Like, I never met a Chocolate Bear. It, it got to the point where my professors were calling me Chocolate Bear. I was like, okay, now this is out of line here, sir. I pay tuition, right? So I get, and then I move here to San Antonio after Bible college, and I get the job here, and I'm thinking, okay, I can start a new identity. And then Austin Poirier. <laughs> Austin Poirier was a small, uh, was small group leader for Velocity. He finds out the name is Chocolate Bear. And 11 years later, I'm here at this church, and I'm still Chocolate Bear. Still. And I tried to ditch it. Here's why I embrace it. It's because on that same day that some kid named me Chocolate Bear, that night something happened to me internally. It was the first night of camp, and I was, remember watching in the auditorium, and, and I saw hundreds of students go to an altar, and they're surrendering their life to Jesus. And I remember saying, that's cool, and the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, but what about you? And so I was like, all right, Lord, I just got kicked out of school. I, I, I'm going to surrender it all. And I went to the altar. I kneeled there. I'm boo-hoo, crying, snot everywhere, kind of like just emotional. And I surrendered my life to Jesus. I repented of my sin, and I changed from my own lifestyle. And so when people call me Chocolate Bear, it's symbolic of what God did in me spiritually when he gave me a new name. It is. It is. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Today, we're starting a new series called Christmas at GFC. And we'll be looking at the names of Jesus, of what the Bible says of who Jesus is. Because the Bible says that Jesus is our Savior. He's the Savior of the world. 
Savior of mankind, Savior of our sins. And Jesus is also the Son of God, the Son of man. He's, the, he's also the King of kings. He's the light of the world. Names matter. Names matter. Why? Because oftentimes the names given to us help shape our identity. Now, some of you guys in the room are like, well, I don't have a cool name, Chocolate Bear. I don't have a, like a, new, a cool nickname, right? And please, don't be the one that make up our own nickname for yourself. That's just, we have names for those people, okay? But you're like, I, I don't have a cool name. Cool. When you have a relationship with Jesus, Jesus wants to give you a new one. God wants to give you a new name. Somebody in this room, I'm just saying it, in this second service, God wants to give you a new name. The problem that I see, though, is most people have heard the names that someone else has spoken over their life and their identity is shaped by someone else's voice. Like somebody in this room has heard the names that have told them and shaped every day and how they respond. Somebody in this room has once told somebody here that you're dumb. You're stupid. You're unwanted. You are a disappointment. You are unworthy. And unfortunately, whoever said that, that, that those names have become a stronghold in your life and is shaping who you have become. Or maybe no one has actually said those names. But if we were honest, maybe some of us have been given names because of the judgment of having a walk with Jesus. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That our culture gives us a name sometimes. When they look at Christians, they'll say, those weirdos, those overly saved people, those old-fashioned people, those those Christians who, who who say one thing but do another, they'll give that Christian cuss word, hypocrite. They'll say, you're a hypocrite. And a lot of times we hear that from our culture and it shapes our identity. And quite honestly, I see more people shy away of trying to change the culture because the culture is changing them. But maybe that's not you because what I've come to learn is this. The real or the, the, the things that have oftentimes been stronghold in our life, the names given to us, have come internally. I've known so many people that they might not have been called a name by a single person, but they have put names on themselves that have that put a stronghold in their life. That some of you internally tell yourself you're not good enough. Some of you say, I'm not worthy. I am ashamed. I am lost. And we put these names on ourselves. My prayer today in the rest of the service is that you won't listen to the voices of someone else or maybe even your own self. But you will listen to the voice of God today and let his voice and the name he gives you shape your life. Because you know what Jesus says? God says you are loved. That you are valuable. That you are a son of the one true king. You are a daughter of the most high. That you are his masterpiece. And I tell you what, if you're an artist, you understand your masterpiece, you are proud of. 
And someone needs to hear that today. Because names matter. And because of who Jesus is, you can now have a new name when you step into his presence. And so turn with me today to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew is in the New Testament. This is the gospel account of Jesus' life through the eyes of Matthew. Basically, Matthew hung around with Jesus like, yo, this dude is dope. Let me write some stuff down, okay? And so he's writing, uh, he's, he's giving a perspective of what he sees as Jesus. And in Matthew 16, it's a story that many people have heard before. It's a story of when Simon got his name changed and became Peter. Many of us have heard this story. You've heard it hundreds of times. You've heard it preached about a lot. What I want us to understand is why did his name change? Why? So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 16. And right before we get into verse 13, right now Jesus is about to ask a question to the disciples. Right? And he says this, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Let's just stop right there. He says, who do men say that I am? Jesus is saying, all right, what's my reputation, y'all? What are other people saying about me? Okay? Who are, who are they saying I am? Now, let me clarify for a minute. Can I just clarify that Jesus is not asking this question because he isn't sure of who he is. Like, he's not asking the question like, like, who am I? I don't know. Like, he's just not like pondering like, who am I? Am I this? No, he knows. But also, let me clarify, he's also not asking this question for validation. He's not asking, hey, tell me who I am because I care about your opinion. Please validate me. He's not asking for that reason. The reason why he's asking is because there's a follow-up question that I believe he's asking not just the disciples back then, but every single person on this earth today. And so let's see it. He said, who, who do men say that I am? Verse 14. They said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Let me just stop. This is a good comparison. Like, man, may one day someone compare you to these men of God, right? May we live a life that someone like, man, wow, you're a holy person, like some, like some of these men of God. This is a great comparison. But when I see this, man, do I say, they missed it. Incredible. Like, it is an honor to be compared to John the Baptist, to the prophets, to the prophets, to Jeremiah, Elijah, except if you're Jesus. It's a good thing, except if you are the son of God. Like, you understand, historically, before Jesus came on the scene, for 400 years, it was like these 400 years of silence. They were waiting for the Messiah. Then finally the Messiah comes, and they're like, ah, he's kind of like one of these guys. And so they, like, they fall short of honoring Jesus as the Messiah. And then verse 15, and this is the question that I believe is not only asking of the disciples, but each and every one of us today. Verse 15, he said, but who do you say I am? They say I'm a prophet. They say I'm a John the Baptist. But who 
do you say I am? Like, understand that Jesus is going like this. All right, guys, listen. I know what they're saying about me, but you've been with me, yo. You've been with me. You've been with me. You've seen who I am. Who do you say I am? And I, I just want to clarify that I know that this is Jesus talking to the disciples, but I believe that Jesus is saying that to us today. Understand that every single person will come face to face with having to answer this question. Every single person, church, unchurched, will have to answer this question. And can I just be real with you guys, second service? You can't hide from this question. You can't hide in a big crowd from this question. You can't, be, you can't hide. You can't, you can't even hide from in, behind someone else's faith. You can't be like, well, my wife says that Jesus. No, 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 no. Who do you say Jesus is? Well, I grew up as a Christian, and so my parents say, no, 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 no. I, I know what your parents say. Who do you say Jesus is? Well, I go to small group, and my small group, no, 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 no. Well, Chocolate Bear, Pastor John or Kyle, they say Jesus. No, 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 no. Who do you say Jesus is? You can't hide by some, behind someone else's faith. And you can't hide behind religious works. Y'all don't even want me to go there. You can't hide behind your church attendance. You can't hide behind your small group attendance. You can't hide behind how often you serve and what you do. You can't hide behind it. One day. You will be face-to-face to answer, who is Jesus? And I know if I ask that question right now, many people will shout out different names. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Redeemer. Some of the college girls. Jesus is Daddy God. <laughs> That's the one I can't get over. Just da- he's Daddy God. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he's our Father. Yes. Jesus is Redeemer. We'll say those things, but can I just be for real? I was going to, this is the one that I really want to teach today. Is this that it doesn't matter what you say with your lips, it's based upon your action. See, the truth is, the way you live your life is a reflection of who you say Jesus is. Let me say that again. The way you live your life, is a reflection of who you say Jesus is. It's what you do, not what you say. Because you can say, Jesus, you're my Savior, but not live a life of someone who would be saved. Because if you were saved, like if someone saved you, what would happen? Gratitude, worship. See, how you worship is a reflection of who Jesus is to you. Sometimes I just, I don't even, like, look at the stage during worship. I just look out to the crowd and just say, I wonder who Jesus is to them. And to some people, you can just say, oh, wow, Jesus is everything to them. And some, you're like, oh, during worship, maybe he's just a good teacher. Who is Jesus to you? How you respond. How you obey. How you serve. How you give shows who Jesus is to you. How you disciple, 
How you witness shows who Jesus is to you. Oh, come on. I don't even want to go there. If you don't witness to, uh, witness, uh, to your friends and lost people about Jesus that he is life-changing, then maybe he didn't really change your life. Maybe he didn't really do it. Because if he did, you'd want that for somebody else. Who do you say Jesus is? This is why I believe Jesus said, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. You honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from it. Simon Peter said this and answered in verse 16. Jesus goes, hey, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I love this. Simon understood the opinions of everybody else. And he was like, yeah, John the Baptist was dope. But even John the Baptist said, man, the Messiah, I'm not even worthy to loose his sandal. And Simon understood that, that he was more than a prophet, that Jesus was more than a miracle worker, that Jesus was the Messiah, was the Son of God, was the Lord of Lords, was the King of Kings. He understood that. And because he understood that, look at what Jesus responds. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And in verse 18, I love this. And I also say to you that you are Peter. Name change. Name change. He said, you were Simon, you are now Peter. Why? Because he recognized who Jesus was. He had a name change. He had a name change. And Peter really literally means rock. And he said, you are now Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Because Peter acknowledged Jesus' identity, God gave him a new one. Because he recognized it. He didn't just give him that. He wasn't just handing out nicknames. It's because Jesus said, no, no, no. You are the Christ. Son of the living God. Here's the problem I see, though. Many people want a name change, but they don't want a life change. Many people, oh, give me a new name. God, give me a new name. But they want to hold on to an old life. They know, yeah, a good name. Yeah, I, I want that to be chosen for me, but I want to hold on to the great riches. This is how I'll explain. I once seen this illustrated by a pastor. I have with me a few drinks. I have with me first lemonade. Anybody like lemonade? Nobody like lemonade. Okay. Like, mm -mm, it's a trap. Don't say yes. Don't amen. Spur him on. How many of you guys like lemonade? Anybody? Love lemonade. It's good unless you just brush your teeth. <laughs> right? Also, I have another drink. Some of you guys really love this one. Some, some of the girls, the daddy god girls, they like this one. Ready? I got a Starbucks Frappuccino. Yes. <laughs> right? And it's good. But those suckers don't mix. <laughs> and so this is what some of us look like. I want a new name, God. 
but I want to hold on to my old life. I told the team, if I throw up, this is going to be the best illustration ever. Y'all will forget everything. Like, I don't know what happened. He just threw up on stage. Side note, Jesus said in Revelation, you're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. And if you're lukewarm, I want to spit you out. But let me, let me explain a little bit more. Some of you guys, I truly believe, this is what you guys look like. This is what you look like. Jesus, I love you. But I still love my sin. <laughs> Some of you are like, Jesus, I want you as Savior of my life. But I'm not going to let you lord over it. You ain't running my life. This is why I need Jesus to help me right here. And we go back and forth. Thinking that you can mix the two. Can I get real with y'all? Oh, can I get for real? Can I go deeper? Somebody over here is clapping too hard. Y'all really want me to throw up. Let me go deeper. This is how some of us are. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. But I still want to get drunk on the weekends. God, you are the most valuable thing in my life. But ain't no way I'm going to tithe to you. God, this is disgusting. Like, I just. <laughs> no, nah, I won't stop because some of y'all won't stop. Some of y'all won't stop. Let me go to this one. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, this is a good one. Man, I love you, brother. You're my brother in Christ, all right? Man, I can't stand her. You see what she was saying today? Mm, mm, mm. Oh, let me do this one. Y'all not ready for this one. Okay. God, I want to be in your word today. I want to know your word deeply. Oh, naked people on the internet? Oh, y'all want to, okay, I'll go more. <laughs> y'all like, this is disgusting for me, chocolate bear. Ready? God, I want to be made pure and holy. But I still want to have sex with my girlfriend. And many of us, we see this and say, that's disgusting. But the truth is, when you try to hold on to an old life, and get a new name from Jesus, this is what happens. These things don't mix, y'all. And you go back and forth, back and forth. I love you, Jesus. I said, I won't obey you. We go back and forth and wonder why we're so miserable. You know, following Jesus is the most joyful thing in the world. But it only comes... When you fully surrender an old life. When you fully surrender an old life. See, the truth is when you fully surrender to God, he gives you a new identity. When you fully surrender to God, he gives you a new identity. Let me explain it like this because this is what helped me. Jesus wants all of you. 
not just some of you. But if he only, if he doesn't get all of you, then some of you is still lost. Jesus, God, he doesn't want some. He wants all. And if you don't give him all, then some is still lost. This is not a back and forth faith. This is fully devoted. This is you make a choice to live an old life. Decision by decision. But you can only do that if you understand who Jesus is. If he is not the Christ to you, if he is not the Savior, then you'll go back and forth. And guess what Jesus would be to you? He's just another good teacher. Just another good person. He's just another a, a, a saint. You know, our culture, today you leave these doors, some people don't even think that Jesus is even real. We're not even a real person. It's just a fairy tale story. And I think they think that because his followers don't live as if he is real. Like, I think people would know who Jesus is, not by coming to church, but if he was actually alive in you. You have to live that out. You have to live that out. It's not something you just say. You don't just say, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a Christian. No, no, no. You have to be Christ-like. See, Jesus is either Lord of all or none at all. And if Jesus is your Savior, if Jesus is your Redeemer, if Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, if He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Almighty, if He is Adonai, if He is God with us, then live like it. Live like it. Live like it. you're faking it, you're only faking it for yourself and for the Lord. No one else is impressed if you're just faking it. God knows. The question is, how will you respond? Because your life should look different from what it was before if God has given you a new name. Will you stand and let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus for who you are. It's because who you are, we can be redeemed. We can be saved. We can be made new. We can be set free, Lord. This morning, over the next few moments, God, I pray there are people in here that are made new and given a new name. At this time, I want to call all our small group leaders up forward. And we're going to have two times of prayer, two different things to pray for. And as I was preparing this message, man, I, I just so deeply was so excited for this moment for somebody in this room, if not many. Because last service, we saw incredible things happen. And I believe God is still wanting to do something new today. So here's what we're going to do. I, ha I have something for a few people in here, a little gift. 
a gift for someone who is ready to surrender their life fully to Jesus, to claim that he is the Christ, to surrender and repent from their sins. And I have a gift of a rock, right? I'm going to give you a rock because that was the name change for Peter. He was the OG, the rock, okay? Like not Dwayne Johnson, okay? <laughs> His name was changed the rock. And I have a rock for somebody in here with a new name. With a new name. And this one says, set free. Because I truly believe there's someone in here ready to be set free. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call those people up who is ready to surrender their life to Jesus. And I hope you don't come up just because you, got a, you get a gift, okay? It's just the rock. But may it be symbolic of a new name change. And I'm going to call you forward. I'm saying this because I'm not going to have everyone close their eyes. Why? You're like, what? I don't want to do that. Listen, we're not here to embarrass you. Matter of fact, if you're coming for a new name change, we want to celebrate with you. Because scripture says all of heaven rejoice when one sinner comes to repentance. But I need to clarify this. See, God, he saw years ago that our sin, your sin, my sin, separated us from him. And then he did something crazy for you, for me, literally insane. He sent his only son on this earth to live this perfect, holy, righteous life as an example to you and I. But then, Jesus seeing that we were separated from the Father, he took our place. He was beaten, he was bruised, he was crucified on the cross, and he hung there for you, for me. And he was buried in the grave. But unlike every other coexist God, say that. Jesus didn't stay dead. Jesus rose from the grave. He conquered sin and death and had victory so that you can have victory in your eternal life. If, if you would recognize him as the Christ, repent of your sin and turn away from your old life. And so I want to make this invitation to somebody in this room. That God wants to give you a new name. And I'm telling you this, why I'm giving you this whole thing, because I want you to contemplate. I don't want you to be like, oh, I want to do this by emotional. No, 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 no. This is a choice that you make from now on, every day, every day, every day. You make this choice. It's not going to feel good. But why am I saying this? Because Scripture says, if you deny me before man on earth, deny you before my Father in heaven. I don't want to set you up for that. So if you can't say yes to Jesus in this room that want to celebrate with you, you definitely won't be able to say it out there. So I'm just putting that out there. But for what Jesus did for you, for you, Matthew 21, 121 says, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus wants to save you from your sins. So if that's you, I'm not going to wait any longer. If you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, you want to give up an old life, maybe you're the one person that you had a walk with him at one point, but you have fallen so far away from him. But now you want to fully surrender. If that's you, 
will you come up to these altars to a small group leader and pray in one, two, you might have to say, excuse me to someone on your row. Three, come on up right now. Come on up right now. Come on up right now. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Don't wait. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. This is the greatest decision you will ever make. Come on. All of heaven rejoice. All of heaven rejoice. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Father. some say forgiven and may you have that new identity and while they're praying I want to open up the room I just want to say I'll just say it right now we are way over service my bad okay here's what I want to do I'm going to open up the altars that if today you need prayer with a small group leader or you just need to come up here because maybe you've been going back and forth. Maybe you're the one that's just like, God gave me a new name, but I'm trying to live an old life. Or maybe you're just, God saved you, but you're just waiting for that new name. If that's you, I'm going to open up these altars. If there's not a small group leader ready, it's fine. You come up and you just surrender everything and say, God, I'm tired of living both lives. God, give me a new name, whatever that is. But I want to open up these altars. Small group leaders are here to pray with you if you're ready. And so if that's you, come up to these altars. Come talk to a small group leader right now. In one, two, three. Come on up right now. Come on up. Come pray. Come pray. And let's go to worship for just like two more minutes. 